everyone. It's Joss and Lou. I'm Joss. I'm Lou. And we're talking to you. Today we're talking to you about movies. Yay. Uh, so Joss and Lou viewed. Yeah, Joss and Lou view. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they're... Well, I, we're trying to make podcasts more often. Yeah. And I love that with your name, and especially the nickname Lou, we can rhyme so many things with it. And yeah, I, so I try to. <laughs> I should probably call my parents and thank them <laughs> for choosing, especially because of the spelling. It's a unique spelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has nothing to do with rhyming. Yeah. <laughs> but. Anyways, today we're talking about movies. Yeah. Um, we watched a lot of movies this month because yeah. I really tried to commit myself to watching more movies. It was the best. And we also, uh, sorry if I'm clicking my pen. Click, 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 click. That's what it is. I find this to be a very satisfying noise. It is. Well, I find, well, not the noise. I find the the, the feeling of it. I've, I both. can feel the spring in it, you know? But I, I guess I get, when you even someone else is clicking and I feel the satisfaction. Um, Maybe it's because my brain is associating it with that action too. But I'm not sure. I'll have to think about that. Have to, we have to go like at, uh, look at ASMR people and see if there's any. I will not. No? <laughs> <laughs> um... So we watched a lot of Linnea Quigley movies, but we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to do a whole podcast just on Linnea Quigley movies. But we watched a good amount of movies. Um, I would say something that we did to watch movies, we tried watching The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. So I guess Joe Bob Briggs is this like B-movie critic type of thing. He used to have a show called Monster Vision Yeah. on TNT, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't really know much about him and all these things, but everyone, like, I follow a lot of people who are into horror and stuff and things like that, and they're always like, oh, there's a no- new Joe Bob movie, video, like, TV, TV show, show thing, thing like, uh, that's coming out. This is going to be so exciting and stuff. So I tried to watch it, and I don't know if it's for me. I... I feel like I. It feels like the ramblings of like a, a, like an like an old man. Yeah, like it feels like why? Because <laughs> the format is the one where it's it, like he does a little intro about the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like for people in our area, like Spanguli, like that kind of. Yeah. He talks about a, a very niche movie, then they like show a clip, and then it breaks away, and then. And then he talks more about the movie, but... I do enjoy the trivia. Yeah. I do enjoy the behind-the-scenes uh, information and how the movie came to be and stuff like that. I enjoyed that. But then he, like, has all these, like, kind of humorous humorous Is bits. And, like, I understand, like, it, it, there are people who probably find it funny. Yeah. And a lot of people like it. But it just for us, and our sense of humor, at least, it just feels very, like... This is the kind of humor that, like, a dad would have, but not in a fun dad way. It's a way where he's, like, a little out of touch. I don't know. There's, like, for example, one of the movies we watched, Ginger Snaps. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of comments he has about it, why it's a feminist movie, is it a feminist movie, and about feminism. And it's, he never says anything awful. No. But it's on that line of, like, ugh. It's like he, like, he clearly doesn't quite understand the grasp <laughs> right. of what feminism means. Like, his understanding of feminism, like, stopped with, um, women burning bras. <laughs> He's like, damn, that's what it is. And that's the all the whole context he has from the from history and from modern. So it's like really bizarre. Like I know that like when we watch these horror movies, these B movies, there's a lot of men in charge, woman yeah. exploitation and stuff like that. And I understand that going into it. Mm-hmm. It's just that Joe Bob films his movie, like his show yeah. now. So right. it's kind of weird that we're still kind of at that yeah. level. It's not like he hates feminism, but I don't think he really 
get? I don't know. Well, like, it's I, just this weird thing where he hates some feminists, and then he thinks all feminists are, like, the same. Yeah. And, like, I think a good example is there was one movie, I don't remember which one it was, he was talking about how one of the actresses did not want to show her breasts. Yeah. But she had shown them before. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to make a joke of, like, that doesn't make sense because she's already done it and people have already seen them. So why would she not do it again? Yeah. Not understanding. That, not like, understanding that, like, you can take back that consent yeah. at any time. So it's kind of a little scary that he's putting that thought into right. the world. The thought like, of, like, well... We've seen them before, and from my perspective, that's all that matters. Not realizing, like, yeah, but every time she is topless on a set, she feels that vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> so she's maybe made the choice, I don't want to do that anymore. But you're like, but I already seen <laughs> well, them, you, so what's the big deal? Well, you were in Playboy. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, she was in Playboy money. Yeah. And that's why he was like, it makes no sense. And it's like, I guess it's like that kind of, but then, like, he's made, like, Rants against incels, too. Yeah, right. So, like, so I'm weird. so confused. So, Joe Bob, I don't hate you, but you you mystify me. <laughs> <laughs> he just feels like a dude who has a, his sensibilities were locked in a certain time period and he hasn't yeah, progressed. Like, which is fine. That's how a lot of people are. It's just weird to see it in a It's a weird host. to see it, like, now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people enjoy his show. I just... I. I don't think I get it. I, I'm going to keep watching it, and maybe one day I get it. I love Darcy. She's really funny, yeah. I think. I think the... The new male the girl. The new male girl. Uh, she, I, I've seen her Instagram from time to time, and she just seems, like, really relatable down to earth. Well, I like, girl. I like their dynamic, because she's got a very, like, okay, whatever, dude. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, say all this nonsense and be and, a weirdo. And then she's, like, not interested. <laughs> <laughs> She'll just, because she's the male girl, but the modern, the new version is, like, she's just looking at the Instagram and, like, interacting yeah. on social media. So she'll just look up from her phone and be like, I don't know. I don't know, Joe. <laughs> They'll be like, all right, Darcy. <laughs> so I like Darcy a lot. She should host the show. I think yeah. that would be great. <laughs> she can take up the mantle as the new uh, Elvira. Yeah. Is Elvira still alive? Yes. Is she still doing her show? Uh, no. Oh, okay. But she goes to conventions and stuff like that. I see her, and she has, like, deals with, like, T-shirt companies to okay. do Elvira stuff. Nice. But, yeah, she's still alive. She, she's not that old. Yeah, I know, but, like, maybe she led a rock star lifestyle. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, one of the... So, two of these movies we watched through Joe Bob's show. Yeah. Um, the first movie we're going to talk about is Slumber Party Massacre 2, which this was my second viewing of Slumber Party Massacre 2. This was my first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I would definitely say that this movie is much more oh interesting. Yes. And much... Just more than Slumber Party Massacre 1. Yeah. Um, there is a very eccentric killer, the driller killer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he shows up in the dreams of our main protagonist, yeah. Katie or something it's like that. It's a very confusing movie. <laughs> it is. It's like... Because <laughs> it's like... So the first one is just like a very basic, generic... Slasher, you know, Friday, Halloween ripoff. Premise being, girls are having a slumber party, dude with a drill shows up and is murdering them. Yes. Very cut and dry. Super boring. Yeah. (laughs) In my opinion. This one, it's like the youngest girl from the first one. Yeah, the sister. And so, like, there's this whole element where she's having these delusions and dreams the whole time of him. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's not the same guy. 
It's no. this dude who, because they're in a rock band. Mm-hmm. It's like an all-girl rock band she's in. So the, the guy she's imagining has like a guitar and he's like this rockabilly dude. <laughs> and it's like this, such, and then like, because it's like this weird dream thing, it's very, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. where it's like, he's like visiting her in her dreams and you don't know what is real and what's not real. And then eventually he just shows up in the real world. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's kind of confusing. Uh, Joe Bob was saying that the director, who was a woman, um, this is a Roger Mm -hmm. Corman-produced movie, uh, so if you know what that means, you know what that means. If you know, then you know. If you know, if you know, if you know, then you know. There was a female director and writer behind this project, and apparently this was supposed to be, like, her dreams were, like, the anxiety of having sex for the first time. Yeah, that was one of the fun things about watching it with Joe Bob is, like, getting into, like, the... Yes, I think Joe Bob, I I, I enjoy his behind-the-scenes knowledge mm-hmm. and um, sometimes his interviews. We haven't watched too many with interviews. Yeah. I do plan to watch the Chopping Mall one Hell, with him. Yeah. So, And I think he has Kelly Mulrooney in it. Okay. Who we're gonna see uh, later this year? Yay! And we're gonna see Brink Stevens, yeah. who was in some of the Linnea Quigley movies. She's the one who and we're gonna the, see Linnea Quigley. She's the one. <laughs> she's the one who wrote the book, right? No. No. Okay. That was Jewel Shepherd. Okay. Yeah, but so it's like a metaphor. It's supposed to be like a metaphor for anxiety of sex. Yeah, for the, the first time. The yeah. drill being very obvious. Yeah. So it makes sense. That's a little bit more like um, metaphorical and. Uh, abstract like like mm. what's happening because like there's this whole arc with the guy that she likes yeah and so it's very clear like she's starting to have her first like i think i'm gonna go all the way with this guy yeah and that's when the driller killer thing and like starts to set in yeah and it's like kind of related to like her also other anxieties from her past trauma with right the first they movie kinda, yeah they kind of like mesh together and it, i i don't know if this makes sense but to me oh that makes sense why the driller killer is the way he is because he's like it's pretty charming, dude. <laughs> I can see he's like the bad boy. <laughs> he's playing guitar. Well, I think everybody. he's fun. I, I love yes. this killer. This is the, like, top tier. <laughs> I love killers with, like, her slashers. Like, I guess if we take away, like, the main, like, heavyweight ones. Yeah. We take away Michael. We take away Freddy. We take away Jason. Um, and we're kind of left with movies that have one-off yeah, killers just, and stuff. And it's always, He's a standout. Yes. And you'll you'll remember him. I want a shirt with... I know that they have Slumber Party Massacre 2 shirts. I want a Slumber Party Massacre 2 shirt with the Driller Killer on it. Because uh, he is that, like, standout. I want to see Freddy versus the Driller Killer. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe Jason's also involved. Because <laughs> they, they have a similar... Fun vibe. Yes. Um, and then he's like, he's just like, he's doing like rock and roll. Yeah, and there's like, a part where he just breaks into a song while yeah. he's chasing Oh, them. yes. When she's, he has he's this chasing whole song her. bit. Like, and he's, it's like, it turns into a musical. Yeah, it's whole, um, <laughs> yeah I was like watching. I was like, this, because after he comes out, there's a lot of, I'm like, mm. I think this is the only musical slasher. <laughs> um, also, I feel like with the Freddy versus him, what would be fun is like, I feel like he would be too much for Freddy. Like, I think Freddy, Freddy would, would be so annoying <laughs> yeah, like, that he's not the most, like, flamboyant one in the yeah, room. Yeah, like, he's too over the top for Freddy. <laughs> He'd be like, can you, like, tone it down a little bit? <laughs> he would get, yeah, he would get annoyed. Because I feel like 
uh, Freddy is like he's like the star of the show. Yeah. And to have someone compete with that would probably irritate him a lot. Because like Jason, Jason. That's how that's how you defeat. Freddie. <laughs> he just <laughs> leaves. <laughs> he's, like, just, he's like, if you sing one more fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> he's just like, I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, Slumber Party Massacre 2 kind of has a weird setting. They clear... Well, like, it was... T- they did it on Roger Corman's Lumber... Yeah. ...lot. And it takes place in this, like, empty condo. <laughs> yeah. This empty townhome. Yeah, I think the premise is supposed to be, it's like, it's a, a newly being built condo. So it's like, we're going to go to the one kid's rich parent's condo. And it's, like, half done. And then all the other condos aren't done. So the big chase at the end is just construction sites. <laughs> uh, it's great. Um, I don't think there's much more, I have to say. Um, I enjoy the rock band. They sound yeah. very... Um, Best Coast E. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of have that beachy vibe to them. If you, yeah. But I mean, the music is not that right. huge of part. You're, not, you're so not there for the music, but it's, but it's enough you, to enjoy when you're you, there. Yeah. And I, Bob, Joe Bob said that the music was bad. I didn't think the music was bad. I thought that their band was pretty decent. Yeah. I, I don't, I, w- I didn't necessarily go to Joe Bob for, <laughs> for music <laughs> racks. <musicals. laughs> yeah. Um, I, I go and for and him I think for obscure B-movie recommendations. Yes, I go for him to look up things that I could have looked up on myself, but I don't have to because he looked it up. <laughs> or he just knows because he right. was in the industry or whatever. I, uh, I, I'll say I like the... I think the cast is good. I think the main actress and the main character was like a likable uh, character. Yes. I, a lot I, of those with those, it's like a very generic... I like all of the characters. There's one really good practical... Um, the pimple effect yeah, that was that's great. The, yeah, they put all of that in to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked all the actors yeah. and stuff like that. There's like the, the there's boys that crash. And right. There's an obnoxious boy yeah. and whatever. But overall, this movie, I really enjoy it. I think this is a really good time if you want a movie that's like a slasher movie that's not really scary at all it's not a scary movie this is a really fun ride like yeah. this is this is a really good movie i really like it i think it's a good like watching a group don't watch the first one you don't have to you don't need to you could watch the first one if you just want to watch a generic slasher right it's fine but this one is really the standout one and i definitely recommend it me too Okay, the next movie we're going to talk about is Ginger Snaps, which is another movie that I really liked. And yeah. you've wanted to watch this movie again forever. Have, and yeah. we finally did, and I'm glad that we did. It came out in, like, the year 2000. Yeah. And it's a Canadian horror film. And it's basically about... There's a group of sisters who have a suicide pact. Yeah, two. And two, two. A group of two. A group of two. Two sisters have a suicide pact. And when... One of them starts menstruating. She also becomes a werewolf. Yes. <laughs> because she got attacked by a werewolf yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of like dealing with like, how do you deal with someone? And then it kind of like with someone who's your sister who's becoming a werewolf. Yeah. But then you're all like attributing it to her having her period. Yeah. And it's really great. I think this is a great... Uh, if you're having a good relationship with a daughter who's about to have a period... Or something like that, or someone you know. This is a great period watching movie time. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like uh, if you're around someone who has a period, <laughs> um, anyone who has a period, this is a great like 
movie to watch during that time because yeah. they have they do not have a positive attitude during their mm-hmm. period. And I'm not one of those people that are like, it's natural and that's what's beautiful about it and that's how the body works. It's like, uh, for me, I hate having period. I, I hate having a period so much I have a birth control <laughs> that specifically stops it. So I only really get a period once a year. Right. If, but if you're someone that has it more often, this probably, and you like watch movies during that time because it's a tough time, it's not fun, watch this movie. Yeah, I think, like, it's... I would say this is a really good recommendation for, like, a young girl. Especially if, like... Because it's not like you don't have to be, like, into horror. Yeah, or anyone young who's getting a period. I want to try to be oh, gender yeah. yes. neutral about that. Yes. If, um, yeah. yeah, for anyone who's getting their period. Yeah. Especially a young person. Yeah, and I think um, a funny thing with the period stuff is the mom, who... I love the mom character. She is so good in this movie. Yeah. It, she is something, like... She reminds me of... Okay, I haven't seen one of his movies, but I know the like the gist of the movies. Um, the Pink Flamingos guy, Roger Waters. Yeah. Or no, Roger Waters. Uh, well, Roger Waters is the Pink Flamingo. John Waters. John Waters. Yes, she reminds me of like a John yeah, Waters yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And like you plop it into this very cynical movie. Yeah. So it's like you have this super cynical movie. But then all of the adults in the movies are John Waters characters. Yeah, because like this fun juxtaposition. Because like the two main characters, they're they're very much like the like uh, like cynical, punky. Like they yeah. they hate everybody, they hate everything. Mm-hmm. They have the pact because they're like if we're not out, it was like if we're not out by sixteen, dead in the scene or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, they want to um, be dead by sixteen. So they're that. They're like super edgy. Like yeah. Um, and the mom, <laughs> like obviously she just. Not, she does not want to get her period mm-hmm. on top of the werewolf metaphor. <laughs> uh, and they've both been like dreading it and they're late for it. Mm-hmm. And the mom is always like excited for what's going to happen. And when she finally like, she there's a funny scene where she sees uh, underwear with like a ton of blood mm-hmm. from the werewolf attack. <laughs> and so the mom brings her like a cake <laughs> to celebrate her. Her, mens- her menses. Mens- yeah. <laughs> It's 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 a great yeah it, it feels very John's watery where like it's mm-hmm. it's very much making fun of like that kind of suburban-y nuclear family yeah of, like because and then the dad just doesn't do anything yeah the dad just always you only see the dad at dinner scenes just like never being like, doing well, anything I don't know I don't know <laughs> um, and I love a good I love a good uh, useless dad character mm-hmm. um, yeah I, it's. It's a really good like I feel like it's it's a thing where like the metaphor is very obvious. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good. I don't I'm glad it's not trying to it's not trying to be overly clever with it. Yeah. It's very blatantly like, oh yeah, like it's not trying to hide what it's yeah, about. Yeah. It's like and like the two sisters and like so she's going through having the, the werewolf urges, mm-hmm. which are obviously mirroring like kind of going through adulthood urges yeah. and it's causing a sep- you know a separation they're fighting and they've always gotten along but now they're finally fighting and it's that like it's a good story of like two siblings who are really close when inevitably they start to kind of drift apart yeah but then also a werewolf movie yeah it's a I really like this movie yeah. I think it's a really great movie also written by a, a woman yes written and directed by a woman I don't think I think the director is a guy I and mean, they might be married or something I don't remember okay and it's also a movie during the time where CGI was taking precedent. Yeah. They decided to stick to practical effects and they wanted to specifically do that and uh the practical werewolf and it was Yeah. I'm glad that they did that. I think it's great and I would love to see more current Well, 
current movies do that, but they're going to be A24 movies. Right. And you have that A24 pretentiousness behind it. <laughs> yeah. So I want something, although I'm sure that Psycho Gorman, we mm. haven't watched it, yeah, but yeah. I think that's probably going to be it's, something like it's that. All, yeah, that's all practical puppets and stuff. Yeah, so it's on a to-watch list. Especially that time period. Like, if it had been CGI wolves in oh, that time, yes. that's like it, the that time where, like... That would have dated it so much. <laughs> yeah. But this movie... Although it's like kind of under the radar, I would say this is a very timeless movie. Yeah. I think this movie would hold up today, and I think it's right for a Jennifer's Body-esque right, revolution. Yeah. Like, so people who really like Jennifer's Body, check out Ginger Snaps. I think you'll enjoy it just as much, and you'll really love it. And I, yes. Yeah, I agree. If, um, it needs to have the same revolution, or like... <laughs> Or not revolution, but um, renaissance. 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 That Jennifer's revision. body did. Yeah, and they're kind of the same thing, right? Because they both came out. They were horror movies that were geared like for aimed, women. Yeah. yeah, and because of that, they just I don't know. I, Jennifer's body was mostly the marketing. They, yeah, they were like the, the marketers couldn't help but Be objectify like, Jennifer. Megan Fox. Megan Fox is a sexy person. They're we like, have to do that. Like, what do you? Why would we not market like that? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know what the marketing for this was. I think it just might have just been like such a small, well, Canadian release. Didn't um, they had trouble releasing it because of Columbine? Yeah, that's what it was. Because they're yes, they had a hard time picking up a distributor. And, like, so there was kind of... Yeah, yeah, because it was going to release right, and then Columbine happened, and because... Yeah, and there was a suicide pact in the movie, and like that, so... um, So that's one of the reasons why it didn't get a very good release, and I guess that has affected it till this day. Yeah. Um, So, people out there, pick up Ginger Snaps. It's super ripe. It's... There's so much, like... Aesthetic, yeah, that you can get from this movie. I think people would love this movie. It's got Y2K like grunge fashion. (laughs) I think uh, there's so much for people to pick apart in this movie, and I think the young, like the Gen Z generation, I think they would love it. I I think they're gonna. I think they would have a great time with it. It's just that they gotta find it. Um, So we're getting the word out there. (laughs) Oh, I don't know how many people listen to us. Not a lot, not tens of thousands of people. Right. Not enough to not get, enough to start a movement, but hopefully one day, <laughs> one day there'll be a ginger talk. One day, where people on TikTok are talking about ginger gin- snaps. Yeah, ginger snap. Uh, so that was ginger snaps. I definitely recommend yes, this movie, and I think you should definitely go see it. Agreed. So the next movie that I want to talk about, let's uh, break it up from the horror movies. We watched Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, which it's been a while. we have both seen before, mm-hmm. but I saw it on Hulu, um, and it's less than ninety minutes, and that was what intrigued me. <laughs> yeah, Hulu. Hulu has a section called Ninety Minute Movies. Genius, genius, because a lot of movies today are like three hours long, mm-hmm. and they're so ridiculously long, and you don't need to have that long. Of mo- That's yeah. kind of why I like horror movies a lot too, right, because yeah. they're really short. Yeah. Sometimes they're seventy-five minutes. You, you don't need to have this huge, long... Because another movie we're going to talk about that we've seen at least 90 minutes of, but there's still an hour left, yeah. is coming up. But this movie, Napoleon Dynamite, really short. It's a great... Uh, this movie kind of, like, rocked the world when yeah, it came yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. And I guess our, our main consensus is that it holds up. Napoleon yeah. Dynamite holds up as a movie. 
Yeah. It's I, very strange. Oh, go ahead. You go first. Do, I was going to say, do you feel like it had the, I think, like, I guess Bort would be a good example. One of those movies where, or like Awesome Powers where it was like a sleeper hit. It was just exploded, but then like maybe a little overly saturated. Yes. It got way too popular, probably, in that time period. And then I think everyone forgot about it. Yeah. Um, like everyone, like, and everyone's doing the gosh voice and stuff. Yes, everyone did the Borat voice. Everyone yeah. did the Napoleon voice and stuff like that. And uh, I think that might shy some people away from right. revisiting this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if you want something that's like a funny but kind of like simplistic view mm-hmm. uh, movie, I know this threw a lot of people off because this movie doesn't really have a traditional plot, mm-hmm. and yet it went very mainstream. A lot of movies that don't have you know, the plot... Especially comedies. Comedies. uh, They don't go mainstream. Um, And this did. And it definitely feels like that indie twee movie type of feel, and it just exploded in popularity. I... I I guess it's like a character study? I don't know. I don't know how you would categorize this movie. Um, It's about what happens when Napoleon Dynamite's grandma goes into the hospital because she was on a date or whatever. Yeah, it's just a small slice of life where, like... Yeah, slice of life. Three inciting incidents happen of his grandma goes into uh, the hospital, a new kid named Pedro comes to school, and he has a, (laughs) I guess, a meet-cute? Yeah. With the, um... Darcy is her name? Debbie. Debbie. Deb. Deb. Yeah, Deb. Uh, With, like, a girl from his school. Yeah. Who's also a little awkward. So it's like, yeah, it's just a little slice of, like, here's a little chunk of their life <laughs> where these three interesting things happen. I, th- this movie is very interesting to come back to because this was made in the early 2000s. I think mm-hmm. it was, like, 2004 this came out, Okay, I want to say. Um, so it was this kind of period of time where some people had cell phones, but it wasn't yeah. really that popular. This also takes place, like, in, like, Utah or Idaho or something yeah. like that. And it's clear that a lot of these people do not have a lot of money. Yeah. It's also clear that um, no one in this movie is cool. Even the cool <laughs> kids in this movies in this movie are losers. Right. Yeah. 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 There's not like the. <laughs> there's no like even, yeah like there's no what are you gonna say? There's no like the the super like popular like the main popular girl isn't like the the most beautiful cool yeah. or my dad owns the mall and I drive a sports car and like her boyfriend isn't like the super yeah awesome hunk jock dude like, yeah, they're like, all just kind of like they're playing kind of caricatures of it yeah but like uh but she's like still in like the happy hands club yeah. And, like, um, which is, like, the sign language club mm-hmm. um, that they do dances to yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, like, really awkward. And that, this whole movie's awkward. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun. Um, but, like, also dry and drab at the same time. <laughs> yeah. um, this movie is really funny. Yeah, I don't know if, like, I don't know if, like, young people like, latch on to this movie or not. But it, I feel it has a good sense of, like, it was one of the movies in this time period that really set, a, like, the comedic tone. Yeah. To Like, for people coming. And so I feel like it's kind of come around where it's, like, it set, it was, like, all this, it was, like, one of those movies that, like, hard started this, the like, this kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, along with, like, Tim and Eric and, like, yeah. SpongeBob was a big. <laughs> and so then it, like, influenced, it's influenced, like, comedic, 
uh, sensibility at, to this point. So now it's like I can kind of come back to it because it's like, oh, it hits that. Yeah, I think this is a great time right now to re-examine Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. I think it's been enough time that we can circle back around to it and check out Napoleon Dynamite. Um, speaking of young people, young people like to talk about how things are presented, like how things are coded. Yeah. And something I was interested in, and I don't really have this extensive like knowledge of this topic, so I want to kind of tread lightly, um, is that these people are kind of like in this movie, not all of them, um, but Deb... Maybe Pedro, Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Um, Napoleon's brother. Napoleon's brother. Um, even his Uncle Ricky a little bit. Yeah. Um, but in like a different way. Yeah, I mean, Ricky like, comes off more of just like kind of an idiot who can't let go of his past. His so, or college so or maybe he's not. Either way, a lot of people on this are kind of coded neurodivergently, yeah. I'll say. Um, and I don't have extensive knowledge in... Mm-hmm neurodivergence i i only know what like what i need to advocate for as someone who like i i think i have adhd so i would fall into that neurodivergence category um but i know that there's people that kind of like not reading the room right yeah yeah. not uh maintaining eye contact when deb first meets napoleon she does this yeah do do you want to look like this right she can't maintain eye contact with him the whole time Mm -hmm. and other things like that that um neurodivergent people autistics yeah have a hard time um are doing because that's not just how their brain works Mm -hmm. and i don't really have like a grand point with this i just i just want to say that i i feel like viewing this again it feels like a lot of characters are autistically coded but it's not like laughing at their like like neurodivergent codedness but i feel like that's their strength that what makes them stand out characters to look at so i'm curious neurodivergent like academics or people who or just discuss people movie. Who are, or people who are or are more in like aware of it yeah who, like what is their viewing of that's it? what i mean by academics i don't mean like literally in academia like, like for, more people people who uh, know about neurodivergence who know about movies, who have something to say, I want to know what their opinion on Napoleon Dynamite right. is. So... Yeah, is it, like, is it... If, if you are somebody who is... Like, do you watch it and do, are you offended by it? Yeah. Because I think a good... And for us, obviously, it's... it's We can't judge it, right? Mm-hmm. We can only see it through our lens, which, to me, it comes off as... I never... I'm never in the movie laughing directly at their, like, oh, look at how awkward and socially disconnected they are. I'm laughing at, like, the, like, oh, I like these characters. Yeah. And I'm rooting for them. And I'm they're, the situationals that they're put in are so weird. And, like, everything is just so, like, fun and, like, quirky. But, like... Yeah. And I'm curious, because, like, so, for example, something like... My hope would be that we have something like uh, the music, that one yeah, movie. Yeah, the Sia movie. Or movies where it's, like, that, like, the classic movie where... Uh, like the classic Hollywood movie where like we're going to portray somebody who's neurodivergent and the way they do it is or like Forrest like, Gump yeah well Forrest yeah I like Forrest, Forrest Gump, Gump. I like Forrest Gump but a lot of people don't like right a lot of uh, autistics and neurodivergent people do not like yeah they can say the that's a good movie but they can say that's also not a very good yeah. portrayal 
and it's also not acted by someone who's autistic. Right. Which this movie isn't either. Yeah. But like I'm curious. I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm curious what that what that perspective is for it, and because to me it feels very much like those movies feel like this person has this thing. Aren't they so special? Look at them overcome. Whereas this is like it's not doing that. It's not yeah. patronizing. It's just like these are the characters. This is how they act for whatever reason. And this is their and life. This is what's happening. It's not like they get fun. over or change who they yeah. are in the movie. They're the same people at the beginning of the movie as they are at the end of the movie. Yeah. At the end of the movie, it ends on Deb coming to like a forgiving Napoleon right. for something that he didn't do. Right. Um. And when she comes to him, it's kind of more about, like, finding people that are like you yeah. in your circle. Napoleon finds Pedro, mm-hmm. who is like him. And then he finds Deb, who she is like them. Yeah, they can get along. And they get along. And I think that's what's... As someone who has a hard time finding people that I flow with, mm-hmm. I think that's probably my favorite portion part of the movie is the end where, you know, they found their people. Yeah. And even his brother finds his person. Yeah. He, he finds, finds Yolanda. Someone, yeah, somebody who, like... Is who's le- changing him, but... Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in a way that he is not opposed to. Yeah, there's not that sense of he's, like, uh, being changed against as well. Yeah. He's, like, he seems very happy. And it's more, her. like, surface-level yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, a lot of it's just played for a joke. It's just, yeah. like, a cheap joke of, like, whatever. But, but I think I, that's my favorite part of the movie, yeah, and I love how it's not melodramatic, right? In yeah. one of those movies where it's trying to be like, let's win an Oscar for how, how we're such good people for how we're portraying the plights of people who is, who might be neurodivergent. It's not it's not melodramatic. It's not. It's just like very realistic and works with the characters where they just come up, they have them, and then they play the game that they set up earlier with the yeah. whatever that game is called, where you knock yeah. the ball around, whatever. Uh, and like the end shot is like a, a zoomed out shot. It's just slice of life. Them yeah. doing it. And, and I think this is, like, actually quite a beautiful film yeah. for how funny it is yeah. and, like, uh, like thinking of it in that way. I don't know. I think it's beautiful when people find the people that they're supposed to be around, other than, like, romantic relationships right. or stuff. Because they don't end in a romantic relationship. Yeah. It kind of leaves it open-ended where, like, they kind yeah, of have... No, yeah. But they're, they're friends, at yeah. least. And that's, uh, that's something that speaks to me. And I think, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think like, the one part that would be the most um, kind of classic, like, movie is the Pedro's running for pres- class president. And there's just a scene where he has to give a speech, or they have to do a skit. Yeah. And he didn't have one prepared because no one told him. Um, which I love how the movie treats, uh, like, how authorities in, like, the school treat people like that. Where, like, just nobody bothered to tell Pedro. Everyone which, just is like, whatever, dude. Which is also, like, another thing that, like, leads into, like, the autistic codedness yeah. of it. Is, like, it feels like that's kind of how, like, people treat yeah. neurodivergent people. They don't tell... They don't, they're never, like, They're never specific thinking about, like, like, yeah. They're never telling... Like, I know for me, I really thrive when people give me exact instructions. Right. I don't like it when people are vague and stuff like that. And in one jobs, when people are vague, I get very stressed out. Mm. Um, and they do that to these people. Right, like, yeah. They do that to these characters. Yeah. They, like, they just forget about them. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I feel like I'm often forgot about mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and they don't tell them specific things like this. And they don't, like, 
and they just expect them to just know, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, like, that's another reason why I'm very suspicious and, like, I'm, I'm not very suspicious, but, like, I'm very curious what, like, autistics out there think mm-hmm. of this movie. Like, do they hate it? Do they love it? What's the deal? Yeah. Um, but, like, I think the dance scene, it's not the work, like, because like, the, the plot just kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, the Napoleon who's been training to do this dance. For, he's just doing it, like, he just happened upon an old, at the like, at a, a Goodwill or whatever, like, a, a thrift store. Yeah. He happened upon, like, an old video that's, like... The dance to, video. Yeah, how to do And then he dancing. also had the the tape, of the, the demo tape that yeah. Yolanda gave him. Yeah, so it's, like, just these random things happening. He's just doing it for fun. He's just doing yeah. it because... And then, so, like, him just deciding to do it at the thing, it's... It's not played up to be this like, look at how he's overcome his fear or his yeah. his his disability or whatever. To, he's just he's like I've been doing this. He's like oh I'll try to help out Pedro, <laughs> and then like it's it's maybe it's self indulgent of the movie, but I love that he does this awkward dance <laughs> and the class loves it because the I feel is realistic. That, like, yeah. If I if because the whole time and it goes back to like there is no like super cool character like. When the the main Hay- girl Haley Duff, which who's yeah, Hillary Duff's which sister, she's probably the weird. was the biggest star at the yeah. time. Yeah, I didn't even know that was her until we rewatched it and you looked it up. But she's doing her skit, which is with the it's like a the, weird the ha- dance it's, thing. Well, it's to um, Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah, and it's she's and but like no one in the school cares. Everyone's bored. Yeah, because it's just a stupid assembly. Nobody wants to be there. So when he dances. It's it's exciting because it's different, <laughs> and it is exciting. And you know that if you were a person in that school, yeah, and you had to sit because we all had to sit through that shit, yeah, you would be like, "What? Like, it's just doing a weird hip hop dance," <laughs> and then you would be like, "Yeah," and then everyone votes for Pedro when he wins just because of that. Yeah, but it's never over the top about it. It's just yeah. like this is just what happens, and I love how like Pedro doesn't have this like. Over the top, big like each moment, he's this, just his victory scene. You don't see him win. You just cut to his family having a picnic, and they have a little congratulations mm-hmm. cake. And you yeah. see his cousins who are kind of helping him by, oh. by intimidating people. <laughs> uh, you see his cousins like come up and like pat him on the back, and it just it's like a slow zoom on him just like smiling. Yeah, it's such a good moment. Yeah, and that's it's such also, an awesome way of doing that. Yeah. Versus, like, some over-the-top, like, Pedro and everyone's holding Pedro up and, like, (laughs) chanting his name. Like, no, we don't need to see him win. We know what happened. And you you just get that. It's a small moment with the character. Yeah. Of him enjoying his victory. Uh, I'm getting, like, shivers. It was so good. Like, this movie, movie. like, I, you don't think about, like, this, like, this is, like, actually a beautifully done film. Yeah. Like, uh, you don't think about that. You think, oh, it's that comedy that went real popular and which, everyone did the voice. Which I think is a weird thing where these like small prod and Borat had the same thing where Borat was a a giant like giant satire of Bush era politics. Yeah. And then like it gets popular and everyone's like, it's so funny how he makes a, a silly voice. Yeah. And I, it's the same thing with this where like there's a lot of beauty in this movie, but then it gets popular, so everyone's like, it's a movie where everybody's weird. <laughs> and it's like, it's it's good that, like, mainstream people, like, it got into the mainstream culture. Yeah. And, and like, yay, people have vote for Pedro shirts. Hooray. Yeah. But, it, but it does feel like, oh, I wish that, like, I hope I hope more people revisit it to be like, oh, there's more there than just a quirky comedy. Yeah. I I think, yeah, we, we covered a lot. 
while talking about this movie, so I'm excited to put this out here and see, like, I want to hear feedback. Like, yeah. Have you watched Napoleon Dynamite recently, and, like, what are your thoughts, and, like, have you thought about it as much as, like, we're thinking about and it? And if, if you are somebody who is closer to the topic and you do feel like it is a little insensitive to people who have neurodivergence, I would like to know because it would recontextual the movie. Like, I, I want to know if, like, oh, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it doesn't handle it the way it should be. It feels like it does for me who is not able to. Yeah, but I feel like, I don't know. I like it because it doesn't feel like, it just feels like a slice of life. Yeah. It feels like, it's not like this, like, I'm autistic and I have to overcome and I have <laughs> to be, I have to be Wikipedia brain it's, it's superpower not the... to, like, like the good doctor. Uh, the good doctor. <laughs> it's not the like I'm autistic. What's your superpower? Kind of <laughs> patronizing just, bullshit. Yeah, it's just like just some possibly autistic yeah. people living their lives. Yeah, and it doesn't um, matter if they're diagnosed with something or not. It's just this is how they are. We're yeah. gonna enjoy. We're gonna watch their life and enjoy rooting for them. Yeah. Um, I would. I think like the only time that like. Like, sometimes I laugh at Napoleon's, right. like, way he's talking, but that's because it's a little... It's, yeah, I, but it's, I think it's okay. Like, it is okay to laugh at moments where Napoleon Dynamite is, like, talking about how a liger is his favorite character, is his favorite <laughs> creature, and they're, they're, they're bred for their, uh, their, <laughs> their, their skills and magic. Because <laughs> like, he has this whole, like, fantasy world. Uh, yeah. Like, outside of everything else, he also just, he very much lives in, like, a... A fun like he has a very he's a very daydreamy yeah type of guy. perspective on the world and like like yes I laugh at the scene where he's talking about like I don't have any like skills like <laughs> like sword fighting skills or like nunchuck skills and that's what girls want like yeah it's funny but I, I never maybe I am but I don't feel like I'm laughing at him it's yeah. more like I'm enjoying a moment of like uh, well, like it just feels refreshing like people yeah. don't talk like that I don't know right um, so. That's Napoleon Dynamite. Super recommend it. If you haven't checked it out in a while, check it out. It's on Hulu right now. Yep. And it's less, it's 90 minutes, so. Uh, there's no excuse. <laughs> there's some excuse if you don't have Hulu. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I guess there's a lot of excuses. But uh, I would recommend checking it out again. I think now is a great time to check it out. It's a, it's a great comedy, so I definitely would do that. Uh Let's circle. Let's circle this back around to a horror movie. Um, we watched a movie called Haunt. Yes, a new movie. It is a newer-ish newer movie, probably like within the last five-ish years. It's a Shutter exclusive, so you have to have Shutter to get it, probably. Um, although I'm sure there's some way you can rent yeah, it. Yeah, maybe you can buy it. Here's but something. like Shutter, Shutter subscription is not too expensive. No. So it might just be cheaper to get a Shutter subscription for a month. Yeah, watch it, then cancel. Yeah. So, you do you out there. We watched Haunt because we're going to Midwest Monster Fest yeah. on Labor Day weekend. Um, Which is like a horror convention near us. It's in the Quad Cities. Yeah. And three of the actors who were in Haunt are going to be there. Mm -hmm. They played pretty much the three major villain roles in yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, uh, this movie's... Um, I would say this movie is, like, it's a solid movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably, like, this is, like, a fun, like, 
oh, it's Halloween night, and we all yeah. went out to party, and we all did stuff, and now let's go back home and have a movie on while we're kind of discussing the day and night. Like, it's not like that, like, it's not so good that you need to be extremely yeah. paying attention, but it is like, it's, it's competent. Yeah. Um, and like, there's some fun things about it, like, um, and the lighting, it's basically what they do is they go to Extreme Haunted House, and then uh, then the haunted house was actually murderers yeah. who are supernatural in some way. I don't way. know if they're supernatural. I think they just body modify themselves. Okay. I think that's their, like, that was their, it's, that, which was, I think, the most interesting part, because it's, it's a very, like, here's the premise, you go to a haunted house, but there's act, you're actually getting killed. Fine, you understand, and it, I feel like it never elevates the premise. Yeah. Outside of it, makes a fun choice of the people running it had this whole weird thing where like they all have masks, but then they've modified their bod, their faces to look like their masks. Yeah. And like, like what? At one point, there's one character he's got like a ghost face mask, and he's like, "Do you want to see my face?" Um, talking to one of the characters before he kills him, and he's like, "It's a work in progress, but I think you'll like it." Yeah. And then there's another character who mentions how like they were trying to get get him to be join them and stuff and he's like they, they said oh, eventually I would uh, earn my face mm. and I, so I think it's they don't explicitly say it but it's interesting you to it's kind of a good world building where oh that's like a thing they like these whatever these group of people are crazy and they or these this group of people are murderers and they have this thing where they will they slowly modify their faces. Maybe, As they maybe kill people? Yeah. Maybe it's after you kill somebody, you get to modify your face a little bit more. Maybe every Halloween they do a little more. You don't really know, but, like, you see that, like, some of the character, like, the, the ghost guy, he's, like, it's a work in progress, which means he's slowly modifying it. Yeah. Um, okay, so I thought they were supernatural. I, don't, I guess maybe, they're not. I don't, I, that's the other thing about this movie. I was a little confused at the end. And that makes yeah. me nervous because, like, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have a panel on this movie and stuff like that when the when it comes to. And I want to go to the panel because I yeah I like learning about movies and stuff. But I'm kind of confused to because there's like <laughs> there's like five endings to yeah, this movie. Yeah, it doesn't want to stop. It kind of it keeps going, and we won't talk about the endings. We just will tell you that there's lots of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, we're not doing spoilers. I don't. I don't I kinda know. Kind of spoiled stuff, but. Uh, well, most of these movies we watched are, like, decades old. Yeah. So, um... It's not a movie. It does... The the plot doesn't matter. Yeah. But I can't even remember what all five of the endings are. I know... We can go through... Yeah. I I remember what they are. And the very last one is, like, very ridiculous. (laughs) What was the last one? The last... The last one is... She, um... Wakes up in the hospital. Yeah. The main character wakes up in the hospital... And the nurse says something about a release form. Yeah. Which makes her remember that they filled out, before they went to the haunted house, they filled out forms that had their addresses. Hers being her mom's address. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, <gasps> and then it cuts to the only killer who's left, who's the clown face killer, driving to her house mm-hmm. to go kill her because she escaped the haunted house. Yeah. And he goes into her house, but then she has set up traps similar to the haunted house. So he, like, steps in, there's, like, glue, and he's like, oh, and he falls on nails, and she's, like, she's got some line where she has a shotgun, and she's, like, you're haunted for you now. She has some stupid line where she's, like, and shoots him. So it's supposed to be that, like, she realizes that he's going to go kill 
them because they escaped, but then she mm. gets out of the hospital and then sets up booby traps in her house to, to then haunt house him. So, yeah, I guess, like, I think this movie is, like, it, the the sets are fun. Yeah, I, the production-wise, I, I think it was really good. I think production-wise, it was it's just, like, the story itself, I think, and, like, the acting was good. Yeah. Um, it's... Like... It's just that the movie itself, like, the story in the movie itself is really not so compelling yeah. that, like, can I, like, do I recommend it? Sure, why not? Yeah. But, like, would this be my first recommendation to watch for you? Like, maybe if you're coming to the Midwest Monster Fest and you're going to the <laughs> panel, then you should go see it because you want to come see the panel. Um, I feel like if you, like, compare this to Terrifier, which is also, like, these are both, like, kind of modern 80s style slasher horror yeah kind of um with terrifier it's very it's not a super original concept or anything but like the movie is engaging throughout yes. whereas this it's like okay so now you're meeting the 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 characters and they're all kind of archetypes and you're getting the backstory and it's like very much like if you watch this movie with a group of people on Halloween everyone's gonna check out during those scenes and mm-hmm. then a kill comes in which the kills look good yeah. and there's some good like uh, like like the production and stuff so like oh here's a good part let's watch that good part and then you kind of check out again and talk during the story beats yeah whereas like Terrifier I feel like if you were watching with people like they're gonna you're gonna more likely to get engaged yeah because it has like a better uh, I really enjoyed, t- yeah, Terrifier is a great movie, and... And it, it's unsettling all the way through to yes. the point where it, like, keeps you engaged. Yes, I really enjoy Terrifier. I'm excited for Terrifier 2. I think it comes out this year sometime. Nice. Um, but that's that's kind of how I feel about Haunt. It's fun, just... Oh, go ahead. One fun thing about Haunt, it's written by the two guys that wrote A Quiet Place. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's weird, because, like, when you look at... A Quiet Place versus this. I feel like they're very different movies. Yeah. And, like, the writing is... I feel like the writing is so much better in terms of, like, characters and story in A Quiet Place. Yeah. Well, I have something... You told me that you were listening to a podcast. Yeah, I was going to... Are you going to get into that? Yeah. And, well, because I'm, like... It makes me curious. Like, I wonder how much of A Quiet Place is... Was um, after, you know, after... John Krasinski bought the script, how much of it was, like, modified. Yeah. But, yeah, so I was listening to a screenwriting podcast where they were um, interviewing the two writers. And they were telling a story about how they had written uh, Quiet Place. I don't know if it was a treatment or the whole script, but they had written a Quiet Place a long time ago. Like, they just stack of various screenplays, and it was in their, their drawer. And they were working on other projects. And their wives, like... I, for whatever reason, their wives were going through their other stuff, and they read A Quiet Place, and they were like, you should you should try to pitch this. Yeah. This is so much better than what you're working on. So was what they were right, working that's on, what I'm, I'm curious if they were sitting with their board, like, and then this guy's got, like, spice coming out of his head. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And their wives are like, what are you fucking doing? <laughs> Take this pitch this. And then immediately got bought by John Krasinski to be made. Your passion is scaring little cat. I'm sorry, little cat. It's just funny because like it's just a, it was like a funny story a long time ago. I'm like, oh, that's funny that their wives are like, more make this dumb dumb. And then when you see, at the very least, if it wasn't this, the other kind of scripts they were working on. Yeah. It's like, yes, you should probably put more effort into it. So it's like, yeah, I. That's the thing. 
hot. Like production looks great. The lighting looks great. The cinematography looks, you know. Yeah. Like there's no, there's, some there's really pretty cool pretty lighting with different colors and stuff like that. Yeah, like the it's, different rooms all have their own different like yeah uh, palettes um, and stuff, and it was well done. And then the costumes, and then like yeah. the the makeup was you know all that acting great. But then like this just the movie itself is just like is not that compelling. Yeah. Wait, so that's why I'm like it's a good movie to have on like and kind of in the background. So like, do I recommend it? If you like if you like horror movies, if you like watching horror movies, it probably just Yeah, just thrown in there. But if you're someone who like, doesn't, don't like I guess it doesn't it doesn't feel like that inspired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of just feels like this movie could have come out anytime mm-hmm. and it would have been if it came out in theaters and it wasn't like a shutter exclusive, it kind of would have come up and yeah, you would have left. Released in Halloween, it would have come and gone. Yeah, and people would have seen it and been like, ah, and then never thought about it again. Yeah, it kind of feels like one of those movies that you just don't think about again. And that, I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel. And I have this kind of like conflict in my 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 body, where you know we go to more of these horror convention things and stuff like that because. Uh, I want to get into horror movies. I mm. want to make a horror movie yeah. one day and stuff like that. There's a lot of movies out there, and not all of them are going to hit with you. Yeah. And there's some people that, like, made movies, and they, I don't think they even look like movies to me. <laughs> and there's some things that, like, this looks like a movie and acts like a movie, and, like, th- it is a story, but it's just not personally compelling to me. Yeah. I am still interested in this, like, panel because I want to hear... I yeah. want to hear about filmmaking in general. Yeah, so yeah. I'll go to a panel about filmmaking for pretty much any film. Um, yeah, there's obviously a difference between... We we do watch a lot of movies that are like literally people with a camera going and filming in the woods with their friends. Yeah. This was an actual this is movie a, production yeah, this is a, real, a budget and yeah, actual... This is a literal, real movie... They even got a cover of Dracula at the, at the <laughs> yeah, credits. That was, that was fun. That was the best part of the movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think like I think the makeup was really good. No, like, yeah, there was really co- again cohesive. the production. I think was on point, and I yeah. think it's I to me this is one of those movies where it like it didn't hit with us, but I could see other people being really into it. Like I could yeah. see people being really into those characters, like those. Uh, killers and stuff mm-hmm. and there's nothing about the movie that was like I think the movie did what it was trying to do it just made some choices that didn't gel with us but like it's not a bad movie it's not it's just not not our cup it's it's in that not our cup of tea it doesn't do anything offensive it's nothing that I'm like oh the way this movie handles this is really bad there's yeah. well it <laughs> it, had, it does handle a abusive relationship a little weird yeah where there's like the main character has an abusive boyfriend and I think they're trying to do the thing because she find out that she has an abusive stepdad, and they don't say it, but it feels like one of those things where, like, the the, the writing, the, the, the coding of the writers, it's like, she's with an abusive boyfriend because when girls have abusive dads, they have abusive boyfriend, that bullshit. But mm-hmm. it feels like that, and then there's this weird thing where the abusive boyfriend is stalking her, <laughs> and then they text... Uh, him the location so he might come and it's like for a second there's this potential like wait is the abusive boyfriend gonna, be the gonna come in and be the hero and it's not he he gets spoiler he gets killed right away but it still sets up that beat enough where it's like this what? is weird to have him be like don't worry my abusive behavior is paid off and I've been searching for you this whole time even though you told me to leave you alone so yeah that's hot uh the recommendation, maybe. Sure. It, like, yeah. why not? Yeah. Like, give it a try. Now we have one half movie <laughs> to talk about. 
We didn't finish the movie, but I still think it's worth talking about, even though we have only seen like half, more than half-ish. Well, we've seen the whole thing before. We've seen the whole thing before, but it's been a while. Um, and that movie's Gone Girl. It's on Hulu as well. This movie, <laughs> you it's, can tell we've been scrolling Hulu a lot. And this movie is like three hours long. Or yes. some, it's not three hours, yeah, but yeah. it's it's over two hours, mm-hmm. under three hours. And it's a slow burn, so you feel those. Yeah. Well, I... <laughs> so, okay. Watching this movie was right off of the cusp <laughs> of watching all these, like, B movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B movies, where just the dumbest stuff is happening. And not in, like, a... I don't mean that in, like, in a disparaging way. Right, no. It just means, like... it's cam- They're super campy. They're super campy. And, like, <laughs> this is, like, a David Fincher film. Right, yeah. And the Gillian Flynn wrote the right, screenplay. Yeah. So this is, like... I was, like... They're talking so much in this movie. They have so much to say. Your exact quote about like maybe 10 minutes in, your exact quote is like, I don't know if it's because I just watched Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, but they're talking a lot. It's like, yeah, I guess when you weigh like the dialogue, uh, <laughs> these dames have got chainsaws. <laughs> Versus, like, very long-winded. Well, like, like just so yeah. much talking and, like... Uh, right, there's a thriller... Monologues. That, a thriller that is based on characters' dynamics and yeah. their interaction together, and you learn a lot through the dialogue and stuff. Versus the uh, thriller or the the main information you get is from the fact that they have chainsaws and they're killing people. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a very strange... I know. It was a very strange juxtaposition and I was like... <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> I was like... And I know that like Amy in the movie, she's supposed to be like a Harvard graduate. Yeah, yeah. She's supposed to be very intelligent and stuff like that and that like leads into why the writing is that way and like they're both writers in the movie. Well, what I'll say, what I noticed is, because you said that during the open where they're they're meeting each other. Yeah. And the dialogue was super, like, ham-fisted heavy. Like, it was heavy, and the way they're talking was a little, like, overly written. Well, it felt very, like, I'm from New York, yeah. and I'm smarter than you stupids out there. Right. And But then, <laughs> when they cut out, uh, when you come into, like, current times... Everyone is talking way... It, it, that kind of goes away. Yeah. And then you find out over the course of the movie that, like, she's writing a journal and, like, oh, you, the, what, when we're seeing flashbacks, we are seeing her writing in her journal as the police are reading it, kind of. Like, that, like that's supposed to be the idea. So I'm like, oh, that makes sense. We're watching her writing of their meeting, which is why it's overwritten. Like, mm-hmm. she overwrote it. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. And, like, when she noticed that. But, like, I agree. Like, outside of the, the humor of the sentence... <laughs> uh, it was the dialogue at first like it, it was really weird like the way they're meeting and the way he's like oh you're looking for a cool guy at this party I'll be your guide through this safari of yeah. whatever of hipsterness and like yeah very I'm New York yeah and I'm but, smarter than you but then when it's like the cops come like the cops are talking like it doesn't feel as like it, it lightens up as the movie goes on and I know that it might be because narratively that's I think that's what's supposed to be happening but I don't know but I it was a lot and it kind of continues to be a lot um I was much more enamored with this film when it first came out in 2014 2015 yeah um I think it I, I liked it 
probably better the first time. And okay. I think it's because I hadn't seen anything like that before. Yeah, yeah. It was such... And I, we went on to see Gone Girl. I had seen no trailers or anything like that. Right, yeah, We yeah. just heard, oh, that's the movie that's out this weekend. Yeah. It was fall. We were at the pumpkin patch and we're like, let's go see a movie today. Mm-hmm. Um and we went to see that, and I was like, I was shocked. <laughs> well, like, obviously, like, the movie was very compelling for a lot of people, and it is a very compelling movie. Um, I think also, like, I, I, I still liked it. I, it's not like I dislike it now. It's just that I liked it, like, this much now. I kind of like it, like, this much now. Well, and I think I think the big strength of the movie is the the way the plot unfolds. So when you know it, it yeah. you already know what's happening. So, like, I remember watching the first time, and, like, they really do a good job of like introducing like, this piece of information. And you start to understand Amy as a certain way, mm-hmm. and then you start to like they do a good job of like at first you don't think it's Ben Affleck, and then they trick you into kind of feeling like it was him, mm-hmm. and then they do their like like that's the biggest strength of the movie is yeah. how it small drips information and molds like the narrative in a really good way that like really takes the viewer. And then when there's the big reveal, it's like, holy shit, that's mind-blowing. And then yeah. it kind of, because that happens, like, I don't know if it's halfway. It happens enough where, like, I don't know if it's a halfway mark, but it happens enough where it's like, oh, there's a new energy in the movie now. Like, mm-hmm. like oh, the movie's, like, kind of rebuilt this new energy because it's like, holy shit, this is happening. And then as it goes on. So when you already know it, it's like yeah. you can enjoy the well-made film. Like, the film is really well-made, and, the, yeah, and I think the writing is strong. Yeah. You can enjoy it, but, like, there's a little bit of air pulled out of it because you, you know it's, you know, you know the beats. Did you know. uh, David Fincher do Social Network, too? Yes. Okay, so that's probably why it has that Aaron Sorkin-y feel, even though Aaron yeah. Sorkin did not work on this right. movie. Um, it kind of has that same feel, probably because they've worked together before, so I'm familiar with the social network. Yeah. Um, which was also on Hulu. Oh my god, Hulu's got the whole... They have a lot of... Maybe. They had a lot They had a lot of, like, blockbuster-y, like, big, like, Oscar-y movies. Like, I feel like Hulu has, like, the very... Each, like, streaming service kind of has its own personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Hulu, I think, does a lot of, like, these are quality movies throughout time yeah <laughs> i feel like um that's kind of their perspective their, of yeah. things well, that's nice um i have a oh i was just gonna say that i feel like i agree with you if you if you've seen the movie before i think it impacts your second viewing of the movie yeah so that being said if you haven't seen gone girl before and you don't know the twist uh go see it like it's gonna be a really fun ride for you yeah, yeah. um I would say that part holds up. I think because I know yeah. the twist, I'm focusing more on like the writing and the over right. like, and like these things and getting cut up and like all that. Yeah, you kind of see the like you kind of get it's there's a you're not as caught up, so you kind of like you know why are they talking like that? <laughs> well, it feels a very like so you think you're better than me, <laughs> <laughs> which I I mean think we're because like that's part of the premise is that which I think it, Amy is that kind of person who. Think she's better she than thinks she's better than people, and like when she goes back to his town, that's like a lot of the friction of like yeah, and they literally like, go back to the Midwest. They go to yeah. Missouri, and it's everyone is kind of like she thinks she's better than us, and she does. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a really good thing of like you hate Amy, but you also sympathize with her and you like her. Yeah, um, and I guess we've already kind of spoiled it a little bit, but so. a little bit, but not a lot. Yeah, I have a question, and maybe I don't know. Okay, so there is a famous monologue. Yeah, which we did see. Where when when you when you find out the twist and then you have a monologue of her talking about how as a woman you you try to be the thing like 
guys want a cool girl. They want a girl who like eats cheeseburgers but doesn't gain like it's like very famous monologue. Yeah. Do you what is your thoughts on the monologue? Do you think it holds up in terms of like do you feel like that's I guess like I would have to read the monologue more mm-hmm. to really like really think about what she's saying and stuff like that. Um when I was reading about the film, it was interesting because uh, people were like, Amy is probably one of the few characters that is both a misogynist and a misandrist. Yeah. She has this deep-seated hate for both men and women. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, she, she think, she's very objectifying in women. And, like, I think the dialogue or the, the monologue, I don't know. Like, it, like it almost, like... Maybe they're writing it from the perspective of, like, Amy sees the world and, like, treats the world so, like, for what it, what she thinks it is. Yeah. Instead of what it actually, instead of seeing things as dynamic and, like, shades of gray, she sees, like, women are objects to men and I have to play into that type of thing. I yeah. don't know. I, I, I don't know if... The, the monologue holds up or not because it's like, I don't know, I feel like it's hard to criticize or talk about Amy's writing because I feel mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want to engage with Amy because Amy yeah. thinks she's too, Amy would think she's better than me. Right. Amy went to Harvard. I'm, I did not finish yeah. college. Right. Like, yeah. I don't want to engage with a person like Amy because she thinks she's better than me. And it's like, I, I think for me, the monologue this time, it's like you, when I first heard it in the movie, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then like everyone loved it. When you revisiting, you're like, but she's wrong. Yeah, like you're saying, it's it's like it's that lean in version of feminism where it's like, this is how men are, and that's how I was, and I use that as a weapon against. Mm-hmm. Versus like, but then you look at like, but that's not true. It doesn't have to be that way. You're choosing to be in that world and mm-hmm. do those things, and then you have in the movie, um, which I feel like I didn't really notice before, but like you have his sister who is like a super like capable like she, she doesn't have a, she, her personality the sister personality you don't know if she's with somebody or if she's whatever her personality isn't built around the um, man yeah. she's attached to yeah. she's she owns a bar with her brother that yes Amy paid for and all that stuff but she owns a bar with her brother she clearly runs the like there's a scene where he comes in and it fe- very much feels like he hangs out at the bar they own she fucking runs the bar <laughs> that they own and then the police the main detective is a woman yeah. who she, she, she keeps referencing her ex mm-hmm. but it's like she has a career. She is like, she's a really good, almost maybe too good of a detective for a small yeah. town. In. <laughs> but I guess it's like, they, they, the houses are pretty nice. So I guess it's maybe a nice area. But like, she's a really good detective. And mm. her partner is, feels like more like a beat cop who's training to be a detective because he's still mm. using a waiter for him. And he is, he is much more like, some, like below her in terms of like understanding and like just experience on the job. Yeah. And then even the girl she runs into who's kind of like the supposed to be like the trailer trash girl. Yeah. It's like feels way more like independent and empowered. Like she's not as dragged down. I by... guess Amy lets herself be unempowered. Yeah. And then she blames it on her partner. Right. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Cuz ultimately Nick isn't a good guy. But Amy's not a good guy, right. a girl she, or person. It's like a thing where she like she thinks she has she's decided she has to engage in this toxic world and then is rebelling against it. Yeah. And then you see all around her the examples of people who just aren't engaged in that world. Yeah. They're just fine. <laughs> they're it's fine like, and they're not driven to this like She lets her ego of how like I'm so smart cuz I know I've cracked the code of how things work. Yeah. Even though and that's the the girl, uh, 
the cool girl monologue. Right. She knows how it all. That's the code. And and, and she's like, I've cracked the code. I'm smarter than all of you. And everyone else is like, I'm just yeah. living life, man. <laughs> Which I think ultimately that was the, the turn of the monologue. And this time watching it's like, she is declaring this is what all women bend themselves to be the cool girl for the man. Yeah. And it's like, no, you do that. And yes. you're you just think everyone else is doing. Also, it's like maybe some girls lesbians exist. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe there there are women in this world who aren't playing that game, and yeah. you're playing that game until you've projected on every other. Mm. And like like the her friend, she's like uh, befriend local idiot, mm-hmm. and like she looks down on the neighbor yeah. for being a dumb idiot who's pregnant all the time. Is like she seems pretty fucking happy. Yeah, she seems like she was having a good life. Yeah. So why are you judging her? You're the one who's you fucking miserable. That, yeah, you you were miserable, and then you brought everyone else into that. And by, as you find out, this is a pattern in your life. Yeah. This isn't just Nick. This is your whole life has been like this. Yeah. So, uh, I'm cu- that's what I was curious about. Is like, I wonder if people. I think the second time going through it, like I have compassion, but also anger towards. Amy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and the well, fact think, that Amy cannot feel the duality of feelings yeah is why she's like a sociopath well i think the compassion comes from like when you see her parents yes. like I, I really like that archetype architecture and story of her parents have written children's books of like their perfect daughter yeah and like you see that like wow that 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 is going to mess someone up yeah so you, you get the sympathy from that but that yeah and i'm glad that you read that and people are because like i remember when the movie came out everyone was very and maybe it's just because the media i was consuming wasn't um, didn't have diversity of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like Lean In, where like because I was digesting a lot of tech media, a lot of people like Lean In is this amazing feminist book, and I was like, I want to read that, so I almost downloaded an Audible. I'm like, I'm gonna read the reviews before I. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> I'm gonna save the money on this. <laughs> um, so I'm glad that, and I, and I do think there's been a lot more like progression of like voices who think about these topics in a much more nuanced way. Way than like, yeah, she's right, men suck, but can't live with them, can't live without them. <laughs> like you said, there is a large portion of women who don't have to worry about that. So does that mean in your world, other women are doing it to other women? Yeah, or? like what's the deal there? Also, so, there is a lot of men who don't want the, like, there cool. isn't, not to be like, hashtag not all men, <laughs> but like she's describing a certain type of person yeah. that she's always attached herself to. Yeah, and it's like there's dudes out there who would just be like, I don't know, whatever. You only attach that maybe because you're so like, I'm rich and go to Harvard yeah. and stuff like that. She feels like she needs the perfect. Little cat's done. That little cat's like, can you shut up about this movie? You didn't even finish it. So Gone Girl, yeah. I would definitely say that like, it's a good thriller. It's fun, and I intend to finish it at some point. Um, but yeah, I'd recommend it. I mean. Yeah. I think it's one of the more standout movies of the 2010s. So, uh, yeah, I definitely would say watch it if you haven't. I agree. But I'm I'm sure it was a really big movie when I came out. Yeah, you know about it. Everyone knows. It's just, yeah, it's good. It's a good thriller. Yeah, so today we talked about Slumber Party, Ginger Snaps. We talked about Napoleon Dynamite. We talked about Haunt. And we talked about Half a Girl and Girl. Yeah, we we have such diverse tastes. So I'm. This has been Justin Liu. Go to the moon. (laughs) Go to the moon. (laughs) To the moon. I'm Jaws. I'm Liu. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.